Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to languages for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Nirlathotep in the Egypt chapter. And so, we will, at the top of the show, we would like to thank all of our listeners, all of our Patreon supporters, anyone who's shared or reviewed the show. We love and adore you so much. Uh, if you would like to join us uh, on the Patreon side, we would welcome you there. And that's at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. And so we're going to begin with introductions to my right. This is Tiffany and I play Maeve O'Shea and I'm locked in a vault. You are indeed with a very strange and somewhat mystical Dr. Kafour, it seems. Yeah, he said he'd teach me that trick. I'm excited. We have such sights to show you. To Miss O'Shea's right. I'm Morgan. I play Lillian Lane, and I am stuck back at the safe house with some injured folks. You are. You are assisting in their uh, recoup, um, them recouping at least a little bit. It has been uh, a long series of nights for you in the desert, and actually having a bed is uh, quite comforting. Mm-hmm. At the end of the table. This is Jake. I'm playing Jack Doyle, and I'm feeling very, it's not the years, it's the mileage. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining Jack probably with a bottle or two now empty uh, uh, in the medicinal sense as you uh, attempt to heal up from yes. um, the terrible, terrible secret of space that befell you. <laughs> to Jack's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And uh, I think I have new parts since we come to Egypt because they all hurt. Undoubtedly, the warranty is probably void on a few of them now. Hmm. And uh, last one, well, certainly not least. This is Alex playing Sam Bellon, who is uh, running headlong into an early grave. That is absolutely possible. And so we're going to raise the curtain tonight on a vault. A very strange vault. Miss O'Shea, you have been spending a few hours, it seems. Days, perhaps. It's hard to tell. Time is very liquid here. But you're passing your eyes and fingers over a series of scrolls. Very voluminous tomes. All sorts of information, mystical, mundane, or otherwise. It's going to afford you the opportunity to potentially learn something very dramatic. You can feel it in your bones. There's a secret here. There's something within these scrolls, many things. But there is one thing waiting for you here. Okay, can I like concentrate to like you know like close your eyes and like put your finger on a page kind of thing <laughs> like no it, it's really more of a it, it's more of an impulse you, you take these large scroll pages and you begin flipping them one after another deeper and deeper and deeper into this vault of knowledge and as you do so you're immediately transfixed by a specific row of lettering. It's in a language you can't possibly understand for the moment until your mind kind of snap focuses on the first word. And you begin reading a tale about a a creature who not of this earth, but a creature with vast knowledge that was able to transcend 
the mortal form, was able to, with that power, pluck from the darkness someone they called out by name and pulled from that darkness into the prime physical world they stood in. It's a fascinating tale. And furthermore, the scrolls go into the method by which this could be done. The incantations, the requirements, something about some sort of essence of this being one would need. And you become sort of enraptured with the idea of the power this could bring to you. Your ability to move beyond the veil of life and death and bring something to you. And so I would like you to make me an intelligence roll. The hand of fate will put you at advantage for this roll. Oh, nice. Uh, that's a 71 out of 90, and I reroll the 10s, right? You do. Thank you, hand of fate. Indeed. Oh, well, that's an 11 out of 90. So that is an extreme success. Thank you, hand of fate. You realize something very specific about this working over the time that you read it. It isn't plucking something from beyond the veil and bringing it back. It's like someone. It's returning someone from the land of the dead. Oh. Okay. Like necromancy. Mm. This, This working here at the end of the lines, these last few etchings scratched with some sort of you imagine pen some sort of sharpened tool if nothing else (laughs) it states that when they return provided the essence is available they return to the corpus they held Oh, like like it would return them whole, like physically. Yes. Well, see, Tiffany knows everybody would want me to use this on Lawrence. However, Maeve thinks of her father. So Certainly. Um, what what kind of requirements is it asking for? The requirements are a bit of physical power. Okay. From the caster. And the biggest requirement is to have their essence. So, theoretically, if I'm thinking, then, like, we could use Lawrence's stone. Theoretically, that could be possible. It says their essence, so it's either something, like, I either have to be able to mystically reach out for their essence, or... No, it, this spell working speaks like specifically of a physical... Of physical. It is the anchor point which you are bringing their spirit to. Without it, there is no place to focus the energy of the spell. Mm -hmm. Okay. Basically, well, out of character, like a fetter. Sort of, yeah. Okay. The working is very complex, Miss O'Shea. It is costly, but it could potentially bring your father back. After consuming this knowledge you come out of this dream state you come out of it and it is seven hours has passed your body feels like it's been a few minutes this is neat Kafur is sitting in a chair across the vault sipping a glass of tea looking directly over at you he's ashen faced sweating 
who looks like he's been through an ordeal. Are you okay? He just slowly nods. You suddenly realize how thirsty you are. Oh. I'll look around for something to drink. Just like an entire pitcher of water. I'll drink it. You consume the entire pitcher. Nice. I don't know where I was. I got lost out there. You didn't stay here? No, the... The working allows me to work through certain mystical incantations. Oh. I was gone for what seemed like weeks. He puts the glass down. You can see his hand shakes a little bit. He covers his other hand with it to try to soothe himself. I am going to take an extended rest period. It might be best for you to return to the safe house. Yeah, I think you should get some rest. Are you sure you're going to be okay? I am. I will be all right. I have taken precautions. Okay. Well, thank you for everything and for your help. Did you find what you were looking for? I found something. And I think I was looking for it and didn't know it. I have had uh, very similar (laughs) events. Do be careful. I try my best. He walks you to the vault door. Um, He's a little shaky. Just trying to walk. He opens the vault. I'll uh, step out. Are you staying here? Do you want me to walk with you? No, no, I'm staying here. Okay. Well, you stay safe. And, uh, Mr. Shea, if I, if I might, one, one last thing. Uh-huh. It might be best if you left Cairo. All of you. I think that's the plan. And I'm not certain the museum past opening hours would be safe either. So we may not see each other. Also seems probably safer for you. <laughs> Indeed. I thank you. And I will make sure that we get a move on. Wonderful. Good luck. Thank you. Good luck to you. He shuts the vault door. Sam, for the better part of two or three hours, you and Nerys track through the old city this scent. Nerys is an exceptional hunter. It's plain. And while she doesn't use her hybrid form... Uh, just as a regular person, just as a, a seemingly regular person, uh, she's an effective hunter. You track this scent to uh, what appears to be maybe an old apartment. It's tall. It's taller than some of the other ones around it. It's... It looks like it hasn't been used in maybe weeks, months. The doors here are half ajar. The windows, which are, well, mostly rotted, have seen better days. But you track this Alexandra or whomever she is now to this apartment. And after a very, very careful setup, you and Norris enter the building. And you can smell some sort of reptilian tinge to the air here. And it leads deeper into the center of the building, this apartment. And you come to a common courtyard, which has a probably the remains of some scrub grass that at one point grew, uh, a few clotheslines for the people here, and a few barrels. And in the center of the courtyard, the two of you come upon a very long and wide snakeskin. 
not green and brown like you'd seen before, but white. And it's papery. It's thin. It gets dried. Nerese picks it up and she says, she, what, molded? She shed it? I just kind of, I look on in disbelief, kind of wide-eyed. I don't really know that I understand what we're looking at here. When when we saw her, she had a, a snake-like appearance. I mean, they were when they were hovering over the 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 altar. There was definitely a. They did not appear human. No, no, not not entirely. That's for certain. You would say uh, upper body of a human. You would say lower body of a a snake. Huh. Some sort of naga. Are there any number of uh, mythological creatures? And this thing is about the same size as this molted skin we're seeing. Could this have come from the, I don't know what to call them, hierophant? <laughs> Cultist seems passe. I don't know. It's, the queen. It's possible. Since Unfortunately, it's hard to say. And even Nerese looks a little befuddled. Is this what we've been tracking? Where? So where is, where is the queen? The scent is here, but I don't... She begins to sort of work concentric circles around the courtyard. Oh, you're kidding me. (sighs) (sighs) She must have shed whatever form she was using. Whether or not she knew she was being followed, this is... This is it. The trail stops here. Nuri sort of stands back up to full height. It seems she has led you on a merry chase. I do my best to not begin seething, as it's been a very long night. So this was... <sighs> we besieged Bast, I suppose, <laughs> getting one over on uh, a cat goddess might be something one might be inclined to want to do as well. It will be very hard for Bast to find a viper if she walks as one of us. <sighs> She could be anywhere now. Or anyone. Indeed. But a fun game, nonetheless. <laughs> Nerys tries to smile. I'm sorry. It's clear that uh, this queen has designs on Cairo, on Egypt. I'm sure this won't be the last you see of her. Whatever shape she takes. Hmm. Well, perhaps Bass can teach you something by this, yes? Perhaps patience. Patience. You know, that doesn't sound like an awful idea. Not every hunt is uh, is successful. No, they, they couldn't be. I don't know that I'll, I'll be able to continue it, though. I don't know if I should. Actually, the list of things that I don't know is, is growing by the moment. Then I think it might be good for you to decide what you do know. Um, as for what Bass decides to do with this queen that has been brought to Cairo. That will be her decision. Had centuries to wait. I don't assume this queen is in a hurry. There's years of access to grind. Indeed. And let me put it plainly. I don't believe Bast is interested in becoming anywhere near the top of that list course. If this priestess decides to make a a direct attack or some sort of um, problem for the children of the cistern, then of course, Bass will protect her place. Egypt's a large place. There's, There's a process to these things. One would have to build a power base following. Not that there's not a bunch of headless followers right now wandering around wishing they had something to die for. Men with weak minds are always around. Thank you. For everything. I will go and rest. There are cats in every corner of the world. There are cats in places where there are no corners. Now you're just playing with me. (laughs) Um, I will hold my head for a moment and um, I will I'll gather the skin. (sighs) It's kind of crunchy. Yeah can't leave this here 
and the doctor would not be happy if you found out that I left it behind. So I wrap it up. You gather it mm-hmm. and you make your exit. Uh, Norris wishes you good luck. And um, she says that Bass will watch over you. I don't doubt that. I make my way back to the house. Near dawn, Miss Lane, your window is struck by a very light sound. Like somebody tapping on it? Mm, something. Okay. I um get up and go to the, the window. Can I, before I open it, can I see anything out there? You see the pre-dawn Cairo streets? But I don't see any like person or thing sitting right outside the window? You do not. Okay. If I open the window to see if I can look either way. You open the window. Um, you see, as, as you open the window, something falls directly onto the windowsill in front of you. It's small. It's maybe three or four inches long. It looks like it's a rolled up piece of paper. Okay. Um, but I don't see any person or no. animal or... Nope. Okay. Um, well, I unroll the piece of paper. <laughs> I look in the mirror and see how I look. I read the note and I... I have a robe on, so I, I put it mm. in my pocket, and yeah. then I go find the doctor's things. Okay. Um, He's passed out, as is fine. Jack. That's you fine. find his bag. I find his... I, I grab his bag and take it with me to the roof. Okay. She <laughs> absconds with your bag. I'll bring it back. Unbeknownst to you. Right. Yep. <laughs> that bag gets around. <laughs> it's heavy. It's heavier than you think it would be. I'm holding it with two hands. You head to the roof. And uh, on the roof, in sort of a makeshift chair that was used a couple of days ago, you find a uh, fairly beaten up Sam laying against the roof. Is he awake? Are you? Yeah, he's uh, bare feet are cracked and bloodied and blistered from hours of desert tracking with no shoes. Yeah, his hands are beat up from the climb. There's a fresh puncture wound in the meat of his back <laughs> from a fall. Uh, yeah, he's pretty. He's pretty ruined. I um go and kneel next to Sam and um, open up the doctor's bag and pull out some gauze and whatnot that he might have. Um and. If I can find any like rubbing alcohol or you know just regular alcohol that I can pour over the wounds. Did she? Did she come alone? It's seemingly yeah. I, I did. There's a full complement of medicines within the bag. Okay. You have first aid, so it's not hard to identify some of the things that you should use. Right. Uh, some of the more complex items in the bag would you would need medicine to use. That's fine. I'm going to. I mean, does anything look? life-threatening on him other than all of it is potentially infectious well thus life-threatening so i I start cleaning it up with like the rubbing alcohol and and everything um you uh you continue to surprise me lillian i've always known you to be a person with conviction principle no small amount of courage but uh what i saw at the altar your act of defiance in the face of unknowable power. I mean, you, you knew what was happening was wrong and you hit that mummy with every fiber of your being and even though it didn't break, you, you stood your ground. And, you know, I watched the frustration in your eyes when they let, when they let that queen witch depart into the darkness and and I, I heard your calls to reason. What, what did you say? Is this who we are now? You said that. I, I, I did. I'm starting to wrap Sam's wounds. Hmm. <laughs> like I, I, I know it's not your way to sow dissent if you don't see a path forward, and I couldn't bring myself to suffer in silence. So I tracked 
I tracked it across the desert into Cairo. And while I can't say I'm satisfied with the resolution, I don't know that there's much more that I can hope to do to dismantle any plans it might have. I'm sorry. Well, there's nothing more for us to do here, but where were you during the battle? We could have <sighs> used your help. Omar did something to me at the altar. I'd gotten in a position to attack. I, I'd even I crafted a decoy in hopes of drawing him out and, and revealing himself after decapitating the mummy. I thought maybe if we could if we could liberate the spirit and it had no place to go, it would go home. But he dug his claws into my mind and, and cracked something there. And I saw glimpses of a life that I didn't know I'd held onto. And if, if those memories are, are mine, then it could be... The others might not be gone forever. And, and if those parts can be reclaimed, then maybe, maybe there's hope for me. He let uh, something slip out as he is wont to do, it seems, when taunting me. And he asked if I was satisfied taking the queen's head with my blade. And he told me that he could feel it and that it's connected to his master. The, the whisper in darkness is what the ritual called it. Or you might call them Nivrinka or the Black Pharaoh. But it is cursed, and it has cursed me with a wanton bloodlust. I have an insatiable urge to seek death in its many forms. And everywhere I look, I imagine scenes of violence and blood and pain and gore. And it's only growing more demanding. And I know I need the doctor's help. And, and maybe the... Maybe the ritual can be undone. Maybe it can be redeemed. I have to remain its custodian nonetheless because I can't destroy it. I can't bury it or hide it. So, hopefully with the doctor's help, I can unravel some of the damage it's caused. I find it ironic that I get to use it to be a thorn in his side for as long as I might live anyway. Look, I understand if you feel unsafe or unsure as to whether I present a risk, and I don't blame you. I, I listened to Maeve rebuke her mentor. She drew a line. I watched her stand up to, to what represents the worst of what she is at risk of becoming. And if, and if she can ride the line where any of her missteps could mean the end of all of you and you can find it in yourself to believe in her, I have to believe I can do the same. I might tighten his bandages a little harder than I need. <laughs> a little harder than I need to. So, I don't... Lillian's kind of taking everything that Sam is saying um, in, but I don't think I saw Sam at the battle at all. Because he was hiding, right? And the last you would have seen was on top of the hill. Was on top of the temple, the temple. When, when people were sliding down. You would have seen him in that run off the temple. You would have seen some side of him leave the, the temple area to go out towards the ritual site. And after he got beyond torchlight, I didn't see anything. Yeah. So at at the battle, you kind of you, you disappeared. I didn't see you. Do, do you know that Otto died? He died on the roof, yes. But, but you, did you see that? Did you, actually, did you see that? So I passed them. I was on the roof when they were coming up the stairwell. And I ran past them and told them to run when that thing was coming. I didn't look back. I, I never looked back okay. at what was chasing me. Yeah, so yeah, Otto, Otto died. And you weren't there for the battle. And then you said you went and ran after the priestess. I watched, like I said, I watched from the distance. And when Omar appeared, you dispatched him with a pretty well-aimed shot. After our compatriots got injured, 
I mean, they were already injured to begin with. I mean, Jack and the doctor are, you know, lucky to be alive. I tried to, as I said, I tried to draw him out. I, I made a decoy because I couldn't see him. Now, after he was dead, I didn't know what to do because what I saw was the people that I was supposed to be there with siding with this witch and letting it go into the world to do who knows what. So I chased it. Right, but you can't just keep going off and running off by yourself. You want us to trust you? No, I'm not asking you to trust me. I'm begging you to let me trust you. Your judgment, your principles, the conviction that that stood in defiance of, of, of the ritual I was doing. We're the good guys, you said. That's what you told me. Yes. Yeah, we, we are the good guys. And I didn't know what you meant, and I still don't. But I need to. There has to be more. I have to be more than just a killer. I'm going to always be a killer. There's no changing that. But maybe with your guidance, I don't have to make that my identity. And you could rightly say you don't you don't want any part of my help. And while I would understand that sentiment, I have never, nor would I ever threaten a member of this team. The singular exception now being that further threats to my life will not go unanswered. I've survived too much to be bullied by Jack or anyone else. But I'm a man of my word. And I can promise you now that if you allow me to learn from you, to look to you for guidance... So, so you want me to be like your North Star? Like, you know. Look, more so than Maeve, I see a power in you. And it's not a strength that someone will be able to contain behind misguided chivalry. It's the strength that inspired Forsyth to follow you. And I dig his stone out of my pocket and I hold it in front of her. And this, it's not the gift that some alien god gave to you. And perhaps it's unfair of me to ask you to take that role in my life and maybe you've already deemed me unworthy of respect or kindness I haven't deemed you uh, you're not unworthy of it you just need to be there and be present I would like to earn that if, if you're going to if you're going to run off and go do something to hunt something down bring somebody with you that can back you up that's what I that's part of being a team. I mean, that I've killed people. I, I just killed Omar. I mean, with, <laughs> and it haunts you. But you're you're not the only one that has tragedy in their background. Yours might be a little different than mine, but it's still tragedy. So, you're not unworthy of kindness. Why don't you go ahead and give me a first aid roll? Yeah. To, to, to get to With my new dice. I got a 66 out of 65. I'll spend a point of luck to hmm. make it a success. Very good. Sam, you can heal a single point of, of damage. Nice. But more than that, it seems Miss Lane is um, probably a little firmer with the bandages than <laughs> you were expecting, but... Uh, that's, that's, how, that's how you do it. He's not unworthy of my kindness, but he does need to earn trust back because he ran off in the dark. Miss Lane, you finish reattaching parts of him and like, you know, bandaging wounds and, and preventing him from getting in, infections. Um, the sun is now beginning to rise and it illuminates a figure walking up the street towards the safe house. Do I know who it is? You're not certain. Oh. Because they're a bit far off. But as they get closer and closer, uh, it's very clearly someone headed for this house. A feminine figure. Oh. It's probably Maeve. Maybe. (laughs) Mr. Shea, you arrive back at the safe house just as dawn begins to warm your back. It's actually quite a pleasant walk here in the morning. The long street, this sort of cul-de-sac where it ends at, all of the sun shines directly down this corridor. I'll probably 
let Slander out so he can get some sun. And then uh, I'm going to look for Jack first. Okay. So upon entering this the house, yeah, you with a not, not too much of a in, inquiry about, you can see that everybody here appears to be resting. Well, we gotta get our asses moving. Don't tell me. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna go wake up Jack. Okay. So um, still probably a little bleary from the meds and the alcohol and so, everything so else. The meds and the meds. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jack, you. Oh, how are you waking him up? Just. Um, are you, you're sleeping in your bed. Actually, I will sleep on the couch. Oh. Okay. So yeah. With you, the gun. You, you probably right. wake up just a little bit as she's walking through the living space. Uh, not with a start by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, just that grumbly wake. Yeah, it's like you. Know, it feels like someone put a bunch of cotton in your head. Mm. You're sort of um, a little dim. Jack. <sighs> Miss O'Shea. We have to go. What? We cannot stay in Cairo. We need to move. Well, yeah, yeah, I know we can't stay in Cairo. We have to go, but you have noticed that this is quite the infirmary at the moment. I understand that, but I was uh, warned by somebody who, uh, you know, is familiar with the place, even says that the museum is not safe. We need to move. Well, we can move. We can pack your well where stuff are already packed. We we can start moving around a little bit. We do have a couple of loose ends to tie up. Here? Yeah. Another pyramid. Yeah, but that's not in Cairo. Well, right. The Clive Expedition. Right. So I figured we could go find some place to stay near there. Okay, yeah, we can do that. Miss Lane, are you um, bringing Sam back down through the roof? No, I am going to bring him back okay. down and bring him to the living room or help him down. I'm not carrying him because yeah, I will. I will dutifully follow. You're 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 pretty beat up. Your your feet hurt like all sorts. Yeah, but now I'm wearing bandit socks. That's true. Um, so Miss Lane comes down through the staircase into the living room, that far stairway. You walk, she walks down and you see Lillian and then you see eventually Sam enter the picture. And I've got the doctor's bag. Um, which at this point is probably going to rouse the doctor as there are four bodies now moving around. He comes out extremely bleary-eyed, leaning on a cane, um, on his cane very heavily. Jack, you reach into your jacket, which is sitting on the couch for your cigarettes. Mm-hmm. And you realize you're out. I don't know if I can take another disappointment today. Guten Morgen, everyone. We need to pack. I understand that not in not everybody's in great shape. I get that. But I also don't want to endanger the people that are here that helped us. And uh, after the nonsense, we are compromised. Yeah, I... Uh- I actually agree. We do have to move. Most of our stuff is already packed. We've gotten it ready to go. Um, but we do have a, a bit of an elephant in the room at the moment. I'm going to I'm gonna go make some tea and because we should probably eat yeah. and, and talk. Yep. So I'll go I'll go into the, the kitchen and grab some if there's bread and fruit and stuff. You find the last vestiges of the food that Otto bought at the market. It is a stark reminder of what is left. Yeah, Otto was not here to... Yeah. Um, I boil a pot of hot water and in a kettle. Assuming they have kettles. Yep. And uh, bring a tray out to the living room where everybody is instead of making everybody come into the kitchen. Sure. So after tea is made in a um, series of silent moments pass, the uh, remaining vestiges of the investigators sit at the same table they had dinner at just a few nights ago before all of this craziness began. So, Sam, I haven't seen you in a bit. Not since uh, my 
escape from the nightmare puddle. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of missed you. Specifically, uh, you're during asking that, why I didn't fire on Omar. Well, you know, to take part at all. I mean, I saw you made a nice little uh, mannequin. Yes, I had gotten in a position to attack, and because I couldn't see Omar, I, I sought to draw him out. I even laid a trap to hear him or something. I don't know. I, I was working with what I had. And after I decapitated the mummy, he broke into my mind. Yeah. And then when he reappeared, he got shot in the neck. And then I was stuck watching, not knowing who this person was, this queen soul sucker, snake witch, I don't know you want to call her. I don't know their name. You all seemed familiar with her. Familiar enough to unleash them on Egypt, unimpeded. So I didn't know what to do. Well, you know, not exactly unimpeded. Well, no, she was chastised, yes. But I've had my life threatened for much less. And the Brotherhood was uh, is not exactly gone. Headless, sure, but it'll take time for her to build up and fight against them. I don't know that she cares for them. I, I mean, how? It's there. There can only be room in, in for a power, for one power in Egypt. Anyhow, it doesn't matter. We have a par, far more pressing issue. We don't have the time to take on yet a whole nother power center here in Egypt. I know. And we were in no position last night to do it. That's for certain. I, I thought perhaps if she was in a weakened state, it would be our only chance considering how powerful she was. I took the, I took the only shot that I thought we had. It amounted to nothing. Her trail ended cold. And I will uh, remove the skin from the bag, kind of unfurl it on the, <laughs> the table in front of the tea. This is what we found. What remains of her trail. Yeah, but... That is not a power. That is not a power we want to take on right now. I understand your position there. I do, but it's not something we want to take on at the moment. We really should be leaving Cairo, and perhaps Egypt altogether. I don't disagree. I want to help. I'm trying to help. I mean, we came on top this time, mostly. But it wasn't a, a total victory, and it wasn't a crushing one. We uh, we're at, we're living on borrowed time at the moment. So what now? Well, we need to go to the bent pyramid. Who's fit to travel? Or do we all just need to go? We we need to move in regardless. Yeah, I mean, regardless, we need to get out of Cairo. That was our position before the whole uh, situation popped up. But Sam. If you want to come with us, there's going to be some stipulations. Okay? You have my attention. One, we want to know where you're going. We don't want you disappearing on these personal missions with your own plans without letting us know what's going on. Now, I understand things change in the heat of the moment and when situations are fluid, but try to keep us updated. Right now, you just do whatever you want. Because I'm possessed, Jack, by a force that I I can't control by myself. I've always been a killer, but now I need to kill. Sounds like a uh, psychological problem. I understand that. I've dealt with that before. You kill often enough, sometimes you start to enjoy it, and that's when it becomes a problem. This is different. There is also such a thing as addiction. Even to some things as heinous as that Look, I've asked Lillian for her help. I will ask you as well. I'll ask all of you. I, I'm, I'm burdened. I'm cursed. And my thoughts and my memories are, are crashing into one another. So rather than use my infinite amount of self-justification available to meet my need, I'm willing to simply defer to someone who might believe in I'll look I'll look at Lillian yes, I see I see I know I understand what you need you need somebody to a guide if you will a moral guide that brings us to uh, point two 
We don't want to hear any more about the books and the power and all of that. We're going to try to share it as equally as everyone allows, but we don't want to have any more fights over it. Not one more. There's nothing that I know that I'd be unwilling to share with anyone here. But you also have to understand that there are things that some of us know that we cannot share for the safety of everyone. Yeah. And that must be a boundary that you must respect. You cannot respect the things that we need to keep dear and dear to us to keep everyone safe. Well, but it's just as bad, yeah. I'll do my best to respect your judgment and your privacy. As for your psychological problems, Sam, I have an idea. I cannot be 100% certain that it will be successful, but I might be able to help you with the part of your mind that is not functioning properly. I mean, there's there's not just... I was assuming there was more than one. <laughs> well, one part, two parts, all the parts. A mechanism can be fixed, Sam. All you must do is take it to a specialist. I know I can depend on you, Doctor. That's why I brought you the dead thing. Hmm. Yes. Doc, by the way, is fingers the snake skin on the table out of kind of interest. I'll try not to throw up. Yeah, it actually, Doctor, it reminds you an awful lot of some of the molting that you saw on a patient in your hospital. It's almost this, in your clinic, it's almost this hybrid skin, this part human, uh, like, like you remember being on the shores of Lake Michigan one summer and you got in a bad sunburn and Lily had assisted you because, of course, she's the only one that would um, put sort of some lotion on your on your shoulders to help it. And you remember that night, the distinct feeling of your skin being warm, even as the night had cooled and as the skin had eventually raised up and gotten this sort of papery texture when you peeled. It's like that, except that the grooves, instead of there being the um, sort of winding patterns in some of the skin, there's there's actual scale markings. So there's a raised and almost embossed feel to it. Mm. Intrigue. Doc saves a sample. Does this hit perhaps too close to home? He levels a look and half a smile. Yeah, we'll get to that. So Sam. Jack. Is there anybody, anything else that anybody else wants to uh, bring up as we're dealing with Sam? I already said my piece on the roof. I kicked doctor's bag over to him. Gently. <laughs> you said it quite sternly. Message received. All right. I don't want any miscommunications here. I want to keep this as above board as possible. Look, I, I heard everything that Maeve said on that roof. I don't. And I will look directly at Maeve. When we were on the stairs and you, you, you said that I don't trust you. When I said I didn't trust Yig, it was because I knew I couldn't. But I trust what you said to that person. That I don't know. Who are they? Speakers of the Nile? Who is that? Uh, worshippers of Yig. No, 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 no. Who was it to you? Oh, that's, uh, that was Alexandra Swift. Was the first I've heard of her. Oh, right, because you weren't with us when we were in Chicago. Um, her brother was, uh, he had gone off the rails. Um, and that's how, uh, I found all this stuff. He eventually ended, ended up entertaining a hobby of spelunking without us, but at some point, we did encounter him in the Chicagoland area, yeah. Do you think that they'll be able to not lose themselves spirit wrestling with an immensely powerful resurrected pharaoh? I don't know if that's her path. I don't know uh, what Yig has in store for her. That is not my my need to know, I guess. I was not informed. Um, I do know that 
to go after the crawling chaos and all of that. We will need help more than just us. If that hasn't been made abundantly clear. I think we're in agreement. Like I said, I heard you and I believe you. I know you've never been a threat to these people or to your goals. I was concerned about the influence that this God has on you. He has an influence, but I also... See, the thing is, is a lot... Yig is not good or evil. Good and evil are subjective terms, anything. Correct. But you gotta understand that um, everybody else to him is tiny insignificant we live a short period of time um that's why a lot of these elder beings see us i understand that so if i have favor it doesn't mean that and if he chooses to still back me even though i will not be insane and throw everything I have then that's the way it is but I am not going to turn into what we are fighting that seems silly does it though I mean it seems like a bad idea but does it really seem that out there of a and nonetheless it's a it's irrelevant now besides doc stands up starts to head towards his room uh, many ways to get to Rome yeah, so, um, Jack, are we uh, going to the Bent Pyramid? Yes, we're going to the Bent Pyramid. Should we change your bandages before we go to the Bent Pyramid? Yes, we should change my bandages before we go to the Bent Pyramid. Okay. And I need a cigarette. So the the group gathers their things, what, what belongings they have, because they're going to be leaving 20 miles south of Cairo to Darshur. And so... I think we're going to let the episode come to a close there. So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Masks of Neolothotep. I uh, hope you've enjoyed it, and I look forward to releasing a next one into the ether next week. 